What's going on, everyone? It is Thursday. It's episode 32 of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Belafato, and he is Joey Fan. Joe, we've made it to week 18, the first week 18 in NFL history. We've got our best bets. We've got winning picks. We've got some college football to talk about. We've got it all, Joey. Got a special guest. I should never have told you that I was a Joey <laughs> in high school. It's cute. It's my brother's so Joey. Cute. My dad was never Joey, but my brother's Joey, so I'm going to call you Joey. All right. You're my work, bro. Because I'm your work, bro. Uh, this is it's a big Thursday for us. I got a haircut yesterday. You were just telling me about how you changed your nail color for the, for the first, first time in like 15 God, years. Yeah. I also just found out that that French is a color. French manicure is a is yeah. a color, and now yeah. they're. You can tell Joe's never had a girlfriend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. For those who don't know, a French manicure is, it's like pink with white tips. You've seen it before. Joe has seen it, but he didn't know. <laughs> Claudia came in hot today. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sorry, I didn't really mean to. Yeah, so she's like, they've been the same color for the last 15 years. And I said, oh, what color? She goes, French. And I know. I don't know what that means. It's like, don't you have a sister? Like you've heard of, yeah, I don't know French. I've heard of a French manicure. I didn't know it was a color. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's they look great. I like your olive slash maroon nails. Thank you. And your haircut looks amazing, Joey. Thanks. Uh, yeah. God. <laughs> Pack show. But let's start first with Victory Lap and hold this out. And then we'll get to our awesome guests. We'd love to have them. Hopefully we'll have them back soon. But first... We started uh, this month off not great because we both lost our winning picks. <laughs> After finishing last month, not great, which is awesome. But good news but is you know the vibes what? are you, high in yeah. here. And, and you bounce back. Um, Eventually. So uh, I had a, a build your own parlay, which is awesome on the app. You guys have to go do it. Lots of fun combos you can do. And I had Mayfield and Big Ben over passing yards. They were both pretty low. 205 for Mayfield, 215 for Ben. And game script wise, this should have hit over. And Big Ben had an absurd amount of attempts in the first half. And of course, the Steelers were winning. I'm like, oh, all Baker Mayfield has to do is just complete some passes. Not that hard. <laughs> well, no. We went 16 for 38, 185 yards. That's where Mayfield finished. And then Big Ben had almost 50 attempts, and he still didn't hit this damn number. So that was <laughs> very upsetting loss for me. However, I had Kansas State first half. I had Kansas State full game. I should have put the mortgage on it. I was so confident. I honestly, and I tweeted this out, kudos to LSU for even playing this game. They had no chance. They didn't and have a quarterback. Still, they had no quarterback. They were working with either two walk-ons or they're going to move a receiver under center. They had no help on O-line, no offensive weapons. All their defensive players were out. It, they had no chance of winning that game. And I got it at seven. I don't know why I didn't that was a great absolutely call by you. hammer. But yeah, so that was my... A good win. Great call by you. I tailed that. Uh, and then love that you played the first half as well. I was happy to blind tail there. That game Monday night was heinous. And I we talked about that, which is why neither, neither of us took a side. And I had somebody ask me, I had a buddy ask me, hey, I'm in a pick them and I, I need this game. And I said, I guess I lean Pittsburgh because I'll just buy into like the win one for the Gipper mantra or, you know, kind of yeah. uh, narrative with Big Ben. But I don't feel it's going to be a really hard game to watch. And it was. Baker Mayfield was sacked nine times. The story came in about Big Ben. It ended as, oh my gosh, is TJ Watts going to break Michael Strahan's sack record tonight? Yeah. He didn't. He's one sack away. But it was really hard to watch. I tweeted out, and I'm going to reuse the joke here on the show, that it was very nice in solidarity of Big Ben that Baker Mayfield decided that it's, this too would be his final game at Heinz Field. And then 
you got mad because NFL memes retweeted or basically posted a meme. Yeah, same exact verbatim. thing. So Joe needs to start copywriting his, verbatim. his jokes. Yeah, so but... I called him out, chirped him. <laughs> um, my uh, build your own bet did not hit. Deontay Johnson did not get over 60 receiving yards, which is incredible <laughs> given that Big Ben threw the ball 46 times. He completed mm. 24 passes, averaged just 5.1 yards per completion. Not attempt, completion. Deontay Johnson had 15 targets and eight receptions. You tell me, hey, Joe, just so you know, Deontay Johnson's going to have eight catches on 15 targets. Yep. Easy over. He didn't get close. He barely got to the halfway mark. He had eight catches for 31 yards. <laughs> so brutal. And then I also had Browns covering 10, which they didn't do because of that Najee Harris run at the end. So it was all yeah. bad. Um, I will take that L and run. I appreciate you getting me a W in college football with that bowl game. Got but you. I was happy to blind tail. Um, <laughs> let's get to our guest uh, here for this show. A good friend of mine. He is Tim Murray. He's the host of the Nightcap with Sean King. Weeknights on VEASAN. 7 to 10 Pacific, uh, 10 to 1 Eastern. Follow him on Twitter at 1TimMurray. He's with us now virtually bringing him in. How we doing? Thanks for your time, brother. What's going on, guys? Uh, always appreciate it and uh, looking forward to jumping on. I know we uh, we sit about 10 miles from each other, but my lazy butt couldn't find a way to get down to you guys. So and we'll do it remotely. We're honored to have you regardless, we virtual or you. in person. Uh, we spoke on Monday, Claudia and I, and I, I had mentioned that next Monday is going to sort of be a bloodbath for me and my bank account in terms of the futures that are not going to hit as week uh, 18 will come and go and the regular season will come and go. I'm just praying that somehow the Rams lose and the Cardinals win. I can at least cash that six to one Cardinals NFC West ticket. I'm curious for you looking back at the beginning of the season and how things have gone, what you've gotten right, what you've gotten wrong, and maybe some futures tickets you're, you're clutching and which ones you've already thrown away. Yeah, I'll start uh, I'll start positively because you always like to toot your own horn, right? So my favorite play this offseason, guys, was under eight and a half wins for Washington. Uh, I thought it was a massive overreaction that the public was having this offseason. Everyone was fawning over this defensive line, and you know, they were right there with the Buccaneers at home in the wild card round. And when you looked at last year, guys, their over under was five and a half. It jumped three games, and you were getting plus money on the under. So that was one of my favorite plays. Uh, secondly, um, you know, I wasn't planning on on making this play, and now it just looks like it was free money. I remember watching. I think the Jags guys were on a preseason game on a Monday night, and they were getting obliterated. And uh, you know, the hot takes were flying about how Urban didn't know what he was doing, and it, it was a bit of a reaction, but. I just said, I don't see how this team wins seven football games. The over-under, as crazy as it sounds now right now, was six and a half, guys. So uh, that was one uh, that I was able to cash as well. Uh, Titans to win the division, plus 105 when everything was going on with Carson Wentz and, and Quentin Nelson. Remember, both of them had you know that, that injury in the preseason. And then fortunately, uh, for the Titan backers out there, the Colts got off to that slow start. They swept the season series. Uh, so we were able to cash that one. The final one, guys, uh, I thought it was done. I, I thought I was going to throw this one away. I, I almost forgot that I had it. Jamar Chase, 14 to 1 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Wow. wow. Saving the best wow. for last. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've i got it. I promise it. And I will be honest. It wasn't a crazy bet. It wasn't, you know, $1,000 or anything like Should've that. Should have been. <laughs> uh, but, 
I, I, re- I love the offense. I mean, the NFL draft to me, guys, is my is one of my favorite sporting events because I love college football. I spend so much time watching college football. And I always joke. It's like when our two friends get married. So I know all this useless knowledge about college football. And, uh, and then we have all this knowledge about the NFL. So they come together. And I didn't want to bet on a quarterback. And, and look, going into the losers, I had... I was really high on Jamin Davis to win defensive rookie of the year. He has not done anything in Washington. So terrible play. Uh, my favorite offensive rookie of the year bet was Kyle Pitts. And he's now going to get over a thousand yards, but it's just too little too late uh, on that. There were a couple others that I threw out there. Javante Williams for Denver never really got it going. Uh, I was fired up about Trey Sermon, a hundred to one. He didn't even really touch the field this year. Eli Mitchell ended up being the better rookie there for San Francisco. So, uh, yeah, the Jamar Chase one was nice. Uh, the uh, the losers for me, um, you know, Denver over eight and a half wins looked great until it didn't. Uh, Cleveland to win the division at plus one fifty didn't <laughs> cut, didn't come home. And then I'll give you one, guys. And I know it's veering into college football, but I I really wanted to get. A, a nice future. Uh, last year, I had Alabama 5-1, to one, so that was nice. So I'm thinking, I'm looking around, and I was debating between two 8-1 to one future odds. It was Oklahoma, and it was Georgia. And I'm looking at both of them. And then, I don't know if you remember, late August, there were some murmurs about injuries about in Georgia, and things weren't going all that well. And I said, you know what? I'm out. Give me, give me Oklahoma. They'll get to the playoff. This is their year. And uh, Spencer Rattler's going to win the Heisman. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't have been more wrong. So, oh. you know, with the good come the bad. It happens. And I want to talk college football. We'll get into that a little bit. But first, let's talk NFL. This last week, and we all just talked about it before we came on here, it's been brutal to handicap between COVID in general this season. But now we don't know if starters are going to be sitting or limited. So many questions. The lines are all over the place. How do you change your approach when it comes to this last week? Yeah, really, uh, you got to tip your, t- you know, put your toe in lightly. Um, you know, there's a couple games, obviously, the one here in Las Vegas, you know, both of those teams outside of the Colts losing to the Jaguars. Both teams are going to be motivated. So, you know, that's a game you could truly handicap and have a, a strong feel one way or the other. Um, you know, you look at San Francisco. Uh, and at LA, I think that's another fascinating game. Uh, the points intrigue me there. Uh, I know Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the concern, is he going to be ready uh, with that thumb injury to come back? Um, you know, I'll be honest. I, I haven't made a play yet this week, you know. And you look at some of the look-ahead markets, guys, right? It was Tampa Bay was laying 16 against Carolina. That gets chopped in half now that they can't get the number one seed. Uh, Green Bay clinches the number one seed. Look-ahead line against Detroit was 11. That goes to Detroit minus two. Matt LaFleur now comes out, says, no, no, no we're going to play our guys. You know, David Bakhtiari might play a little bit to try to get, you know, in shape for the playoffs. That line has now moved to three, three and a half. It's, it's, it's all over the place. So to answer your question, it is a really, really challenging week. I know there's going to be a, a, uh, an inclination to lay it with the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday afternoon. Uh, which I, I think makes sense, right? The quarterback position in Denver is a mess. Kansas City wants to put the pressure on Tennessee uh, to to ensure that they have to win and lock up the number one seed on Sunday. Uh, but 
you know, the two games I would look at uh, that I think you can normally handicap, however you go about handicapping football games, would be the Sunday nighter between the Raiders and the Chargers, where it feels like the public is ready to lay the three with the Chargers. So uh, that's a game I've kind of kept an eye on uh, as uh, as a contrarian myself. I kind of lean towards the Raiders in that spot. And uh, and then the 49ers, uh, you know, I think this number's starting to come down for reason. And I think four and a half is kind of intriguing there with San Francisco knowing guys, yes, the Rams have something to play for. Obviously, Joe is hoping uh, mightily that they lose. Uh, and then maybe uh, maybe you do a little uh, little extra, Joe. You get you not only can cash your future on the Cardinals, but maybe you you ride with the Niners on the money line. And we, uh, we, you get a double payout. I am going to be on the Niners here this week. More on that when we get to our Taylor Bale segment. Speaking of the Rams, Cooper Cup, 12 receptions away uh, from one record, 136 yards away from another record. I'm probably 30 years away from, from being to the age of where I actually should be able to care about this. I'm not old enough to be the get-off-my-lawn guy. But just something doesn't sit right with me about the Week 18 records being set. Do you feel any type of way about that and some of the milestones that could be hit this weekend? Well, I think Cooper Cup even said it. He said he felt like it wasn't a rightful, uh, you know, a winner uh, of a record. So, you know, that that's something that I thought that was kind of neat of Cooper Cup to say. But, you know, it's you, you're, you're taking us back to 1961 there where we had the asterisk on Roger Maris, right? Because Babe Ruth had 60 home runs in 154 games and, Roger Maris needed, what, 163, I believe. I think there was an extra game there. Um, I, I tend to agree with you, though. Um, you know, I, I'm not a big records guy. I don't, I mean, I, I, I really don't care all that much. Records ultimately all get broken, you know. I mean, look at, you know, all-time three-point shooters in history. Steph Curry's the greatest ever. I think there's no denying that. But, you know, games have changed. The game evolves. You know, all these passing records have just been obliterated and you're going to look back in the record books 10, 20 years from now, and you're going to see some names that you wouldn't think would be there in passing yards in a season or you know career passing yards, et cetera. So I really don't get that caught up in in records. Um, but you know, for Cooper Cup, I say, hey, you know, this is these are the parameters in front of us. Let's go break it. You know, you go back to college football. I think you know Ron Dane set. Uh, broke Ricky Williams' record for rushing yards in a season the year after Ricky Williams broke it. And then they started to incorporate bowl games into, you know, season records. So, yeah, everything's kind of mushed together. Um, but ultimately, you know, uh, I would say this, though, you know, on the player prop market, um, you know, that's something to look at, whether it be records, incentives. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, I think Stefan Diggs is a guy that needs like six receptions for his incentive to hit. So when it comes to handicapping this week, and I'm sure you guys have hit on this, uh, contracts are open. And Joe, you were on the beat. You know different guys' contracts. I mean, you can go out there and find these contracts and see what incentives may be hit. And for a, a game that might be you know, thought to be meaningless, the, we, you know, the way to go about it this week, honestly, is probably player props more so than sides or totals because – Players for a you know seven and nine team they they're going to want to get their money and and the and the guys know that too so I think that's one way to really go about this week betting wise is looking at some player props because the market's not going to over adjust it it can't do that but we know that some of these guys are going to want to have big time numbers if they 
if their incentives are in in reach. Yeah, money, definitely an incentive. We also have end of season awards. And I just want to get your quick take. So you mentioned Jamar Chase for offensive rookie of the year. Do you have a take on MVP? I know there's some drama right now surrounding whether Rodgers deserves it or not. Tom Brady was the favorite for so long. So quick take on MVP. You already have offensive rookie of the year and maybe coach of the year. Well, let me say this, guys. I am one of the 50 voters, and I just think Aaron Rodgers is a jerk, and he will not <laughs> win. No. Oh, sorry. That's someone else. Um, no, I think it's Rodgers. I, I mean, you know, what he's done this year, uh, you know, they dealt with a, a whole lot of, you know, COVID situations during the season. And, and you know, it, it can't be overlooked. Here they are again. They're going to be the number one seed. So, uh, you know, the, the efficiency there from Aaron Rodgers, uh, there's a reason the betting market has shifted so much in his favor. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think it should be Aaron Rodgers. I was never a believer that Jonathan Taylor, even though he's phenomenal, uh, should really be in the discussion. It's become an, a quarterback award. You know, we haven't had a running back since Adrian Peterson in 2012 win MVP. And I don't know if we'll have one for quite some time. Guys, I think coach of the year, though, is fascinating to me because I, I think there are three, three and a half guys that you could really uh, discuss, you know, Nick Sirianni kind of being that long shot out there, the Eagles head coach. But I think Mike Vrabel, um, you know, depending on where you look, you can find, you know, some three, four to ones on Mike Vrabel. I think that's a fascinating conversation to have. Just thinking about you lose Derrick Henry, uh, you're able to uh, not even tread water. I mean, sustain things. And you lose A.J. Brown. Julio Jones was a non-factor this year. And they're going to be the number one seed in the AFC. Mike Vrabel has done an absolutely phenomenal job. You know, Zach Taylor in most markets is the favorite. And while he's done an incredible job and they far exceeded expectations and they're going to be the AFC North champs, obviously with that win over the Chiefs, I do think Matt LaFleur deserves it. And we talked about this on, on our show, you know, earlier this week. And, you know, I got some pushback saying, hey, look, it's not a lifetime achievement award. Okay, that's fine. And I know that he has Aaron Rodgers, but you know, they didn't make the playoffs the year before he got to town. They have now done something that's never been done before in NFL history. That's win 13 straight, uh, 13 games in three consecutive years. And Joe made the point, you know, we've got a 17-game schedule, so things get skewed. Well, he did it in 16 games. He's 13-3 mm -hmm. and three every single year. And I, I do believe, you know, you go to Arizona and you don't have Devontae Adams. You don't have... MVS. You don't have Alan Lazard. Remember, Robert Tunyon went down with an injury, lost for the season during that game. David Bakhtiari hasn't played a snap all year. He's an all-pro left tackle, guys. He hasn't played. Jair, Jair Alexander, you know, pro football focus, looks at him as one of the best lockdown corners in the league. Hasn't really played that much. He's been dealing with injuries. Zadarius Smith coming off the edge. He's been banged up. So you look at all of these factors uh, Jenkins fills in for Bakhtiari. He gets lost for the year due to a torn ACL. I think Matt LaFleur is the deserving winner of this uh, award, and it's happened before. Jim Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago, coach and MVP. We saw it with Cam and Ron Rivera. Obviously, the year that the Patriots won 16-0 in the regular season, we saw it with Brady and Belichick. I think it happens again. I think it should happen again. And I do believe that Matt LaFleur should be the coach of the year. Uh, Tim, before we let you go, real quick, I need a Super Bowl prediction, teams and winner, your CFP pick, Georgia oh. or Alabama. And then I know you're a D.C. guy. What's the name of the football team going to be on February <laughs> 2nd when they announce? 
I'll start with the last. I want it to be Washington win some bleeping football games on a regular <laughs> and basis. fix your damn stadium. Not the Red Hogs, and, Tim. And fix your damn Just, stadium. I mean, this guy's, I'm sorry, I know we're probably up against it. Uh, this drives me crazy. Look, I'm from D.C. This team has been an utter disaster for 25, plus, basically my lifetime, guys. I'm 34 years old, and they won a, a Super Bowl in the early 90s. I don't remember it. And since then, they've been a joke. So all this name, hey, 2222, yeah, we're going to unveil on today's show. Win football games. Who cares about your name? It could be the Washington, you know, microphones. I, I don't care. Win football Says games. Says the guy regularly. talking into the world's biggest microphone <laughs> yeah, right now. Biggest microphone ever. Yeah, there we go. Like this, just name this the team. It's all I want. Um, all right. So I got that out of the way. Uh, Super Bowl pick Super in college Bowl, football. Man, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's too easy to say Green Bay, but it feels like, you know, my worry is they're susceptible to the run. Uh, I think the Bucks are too banged up. The team that I think could give them some trouble, honestly, is San Francisco. But I don't know if San Francisco is going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think that's a tricky matchup there with the ability they're able to run. So I'll say Green Bay. And then just to be a little out of the box, you know, it's funny. They, they, they got so much love preseason. And then they've had their ups and downs. People have kind of kicked them to the curb. I'll say Buffalo, man. I, I think, you know, they've got the talent to do it. And they have to go on the road, obviously. They have to go to Kansas City or Tennessee. Uh, but I, I think Buffalo's got the talent to do it. So I'll say Green Bay against Buffalo. Uh, Green Bay wins it. Uh, not going on a limb there. And then for the, uh, for the CFP, look, I'm going Georgia. Uh, it's really hard to beat a team two times in the same season. I know Utah did it against Oregon. I know uh, Nick Saban as an underdog, I think is six and one straight up since 2008. But the world is on Alabama here and the line ain't budging. The line is three. There was sharp action coming in prior to getting to three. So I'm going to hold my nose. I think Georgia takes care of business and, uh, and wins the national championship for the first time since 1981. He is Tim Murray, the host of the Nightcap with Sean King. Weeknights on VEASAN, 7 to 10 Pacific, 10 to 1 Eastern. Follow him on Twitter at 1TimMurray. Tim, it's a pleasure, man. I appreciate your time, the insight, the analysis, the entertainment, all of it. Uh, thank you so much, brother. You have <laughs> Thanks, a good weekend. Tim. See you guys. See ya. Great stuff there from Tim. Uh, he's the man. So again, listen to his show on VEASAN with Sean King. I had a couple quick takeaways that I was like taking notes that I wanted to bring up afterwards. One, yeah. to me, Mike Vrabel has to be the coach of the year. You lose Derrick Henry, you get basically a no-show from half the year for A.J. Brown and a complete no-show for the yes. entire season from Julio Jones. I don't know how it's not Mike Vrabel when they're already locked in the number one seed. Mm -hmm. uh, second takeaway is when he was talking about the Georgia-Alabama game and he's mentioning how everyone's on <laughs> Nick Saban getting the points because as an underdog, Nick Saban is 6-1 and one since 2008. And my takeaway wasn't that Owen oh, Nick Saban's really good as an underdog, which he is, which is, makes sense why people are on Alabama. And mm -hmm. we'll talk, we'll give our picks on Monday for that game. Yeah. But that he's only been an underdog seven times since 2008. <laughs> yeah. Like going on 15 years. It's a rarity. Yeah. <laughs> That's absurd. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I agree with both. Um, it is absurd. And I have. What have, a I'm wagon. Many, many struggles with that game. And we'll kind of break that down on Monday. I'm going to have to do lots of thinking over the weekend. 
leaning Georgia, but we'll see. Um, and I agree with Coach of the Year. I keep fading the Titans, too, because I keep thinking they can't keep doing this, and then they keep doing it. They so do. kudos to them. I agree, Coach of the Year. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. Joe, let's get into Taylor Bale. This lovely Week 18, which we talked about with Tim, has just been brutal to handicap. I want to hear your take for your first game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 10 against the Broncos. And this is my hammer lock whale bet of the century. Oh, okay. You know, I, usually you have to pay money to get those VIP picks. I'm going to give it out for free on this one. For free. Um, I don't know how the Chiefs don't obliterate the Broncos. The Broncos have like 12 dudes who are, did not practice or have been practicing limited capacity. That includes Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, which has been their offense. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be their whole offense. They've got a nice collection of skill players with Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, uh, Jerry, Judy, Noah Fant. They just don't have anyone who can throw the football. Yeah. I don't care who plays quarterback. doesn't matter. The Broncos are not a team that's built and equipped to come from behind. The Chiefs have to win. I love, love, love that the Chiefs are playing on Saturday because uh, if the Chiefs, I guess, the, sorry, I said the Titans had already locked it up. They're going to beat the Texans. They will lock it up. But the Chiefs still have something to play for on Saturday. Mm -hmm. They don't have the Titans game going on simultaneously. So they have all the incentive to beat the brakes off the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs have not started slow. They've been out of the gates quick over the last nine games. They've scored 166 first-half points. It's the second half where they've struggled, scoring mm -hmm. just 92 second-half points over those nine games. Five different games, including last week against the Bengals, where they didn't score a second-half touchdown. I just don't think it's going to matter because yeah. once you get a score or two lead against the Broncos, Denver's not coming back from that. And so maybe you get a backdoor cover late and you're heartbroken. But to me, I'm shocked this line is still 10. Again, I love that it's on Saturday. Give me the Broncos or the, 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 the Chiefs against the Broncos. Patrick Mahomes, 8-0 against Denver, 6-2 against the spread, covering by an average of seven points per game. Broncos have nothing to play for. Yeah. Chiefs. And I think that's the key here with most of the games. When you look at the slate, you see what teams have motivation, what teams don't. And you're right. Broncos have no motivation. They have no reason to want to win this game. The Chiefs do have at least some motivation. and. They were rolling, and we talked about this. It was hard to even want to fade them for the past eight weeks. They lost to the Bengals, but let's remember, the Bengals are one of the hottest offenses in football right now. They're going to have a much easier time against this weak Broncos defense. You mentioned it doesn't really matter who's at quarterback, even though Drew Locke said he's coming in confident. I don't know if you saw. He said in some interview, he's like, I'm going to come out there and be the best quarterback I can be. That's great, but you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, so good luck with that. Yeah, no edge really here for me with the Broncos defense. They've done well against the pass, which is the only thing that like might worry you in terms of passing yards a game. But if you look at advanced stats, they're 20th in DVOA against the pass, even worse against the run. So I'm with you here. Uh, what, a, what a whale pick, did you call it? The whale pick? I don't remember what I called it, but it was <laughs> it a few my things, lock, of the century. lock of the century. Certainly my bet of the year. Absolutely. <laughs> it's my bet of the year in 2020. Yeah. I love, yeah, the, yeah. The Bengals scored 34 points. The Broncos are not scoring. No. The Broncos have 13 or fewer points in all but two of the last seven games. They are not putting points up. They, they're actually allowing like the fourth fewest a game, but it doesn't matter because they're not putting points up. The Chiefs offense is better. They'll be fine. I agree. I tell you there. I'm going to go with the game that Tim said was, was like one of the two, this one in the Niners game, or one of the two that you can handicap in terms of the teams actually wanting to play and having to play for something. Chargers laying three at Raiders. The total set at 49 and a half. This game you win, you're in. And Joe, you and I talked about this before the show. There's this 
storyline. If the Jags beat the Colts, Colts are laying 15 in the game before, then the Raiders and Chargers know that. If they tie, then they both get into the postseason. That's cute. That's fun. It brings drama. I, I get it, but I don't see it happening. I think that these teams are just going to play to win. So I'm going to take the Chargers. I know this Raiders team is confusing. I know they just beat the Colts and they won three in a row, but those wins were all by four points or less. They got blown out by the Chiefs team that we just talked about by 40 points the game before that little winning streak. They're not putting up crazy numbers in those wins. They've scored over 17 points just two times in the past nine games. Joe, they have a minus 68-point differential. This team, I don't think, is as good as they're showing. The Chargers are a better team. They have the better quarterback. They have the better offense. And uh, it, it's hard because you think like Raiders with home field advantage, sure. But, and you also think when you think of the Chargers that they have a weak run defense and that's where teams exploit them. But the Raiders have the fourth least rush, rush yards a game. Like that's not really their strength either. So that doesn't worry me. The Chargers are number one in pass efficiency since week nine. In that stretch, the Raiders defense ranks 29th. So I'm glad I'm getting this without the hook, just laying three. But I, I feel confident in the Chargers here. I know Tim was on the Raiders, but I'm curious where you're at. So you mentioned how you keep fitting the Titans and losing. <laughs> I keep fitting the Raiders and losing. And I'm just going to, I will go down on this ship. Okay. I will sink with this ship as its captain. I will be Jack Sparrow in this regard. I don't know why. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Pirates of the Caribbean guy, apparently. The Raiders are good. They're sort of to like bring back like my Mariners season where the Mariners were in it till the very end, but they had like a minus like 11T run differential. That's where the Raiders are. They have a minus 68 point differential. The worst of any team vying for a playoff spot. The Chargers haven't been incredible. There's just plus 18, but that's still uh, a huge point swing. Yeah. They're 18th in scoring offense, 24th in scoring defense. They're like you said, just not that good. They're seven and nine against the spread. I've been wrong on all of them. But you just said the Raiders are good. Did you not just say that? No, the Raiders are not good. Oh, I thought you said they are good. No. I'm like, what? Tell me. Freudian okay. slip if I did, because <laughs> I feel right, very I confident that they are not good. Okay. But yeah. the Chargers are also an infuriating team yeah. and they're soft and they're a desperate team for, or they're a team desperate for a quick start. Yeah. They don't do well when getting punched in the face. Five of their seven losses, they've trailed at halftime. The two exceptions where they were ahead 14-13 against the Patriots and they were ahead against the Chiefs 14-10. That Chiefs game was probably their best game of the season, a game they should have won and been much uh, been up much more mm -hmm. um, at ha the halftime if they could have converted even a single fourth down or kicked a single field goal. That's neither here nor there. They should win this game, even though the fact that they're on the road. I'm curious who's going to be, you know, the, you think the Raiders have always have, you know, a nice collection of road fans in attendance. The Chargers don't have any fans, period. So it will be at least be a Raiders home game in this one. Uh, I don't think yeah. a lot of Chargers, there aren't enough Chargers fans that exist that, would even travel to begin with, mm -hmm. but I'm taking the Chargers. I don't know. This really is just a, my mind's in the blender on this one because it <laughs> it's should, hard. it should be obvious. It, it should be obvious. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. Our producer just said thoughts on both teams needing the ball. Do you think that they actually, like, what's your take on that? Oh, so the, the yeah, the so storyline of if the Colts yeah. lose to the Jags, which they won't. They but could. If they, they could. But they won't. <laughs> uh, that, both, that they'll basically the, just both, take a knee. Both and just the Raiders forfeit. and the Chargers could just sit on it. Tie zero zero. It wouldn't happen. I just don't think either team I don't think so. would let it happen. I don't think Goodell would let but it happen. I would <laughs> love to see it happen. And just 
the clutching of the no, pearls. No, you wouldn't because and, I'm on the Chargers. So we don't want to see that. Oh. But I get it. It would be fun. That's what I said. It's a fun, cute story. People I think would I be still pissed. would. I'd be sad that you lost your bet. All right, screw you, Joe. Can you imagine just what the, what the commentary would be? Oh, I know. It would be great. Because that doesn't happen quick. No. I mean, the three and out with three knees, punt it. I mean, I, get, I don't know. I'd love to see it. There'd be 0% chance it would even happen, even if the Colts lost. But it'd be fun to think about. It would be. I'll tell you. But I don't feel good, I, which means the Raiders are going to win. Just have a little confidence, side. all right? Just, just, you're telling me. Let's go. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> final answer. All right. Ah. <laughs> What's next? I'm next. Uh, you, you're next. And it's yeah. funny because that's how I am about this game. So I'm curious to hear your take. Uh, I am going to mention the Niners plus four. And I'm taking San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. Uh, Matthew Stafford has been... Uh, Pretty heinous over the last three weeks. Six picks in the last three games uh, to only five touchdowns. He leads the NFL in both interceptions and pick sixes. I get it that Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles is, is probably different than Matthew Stafford in Detroit. But Detroit had some good teams. They made the playoffs under Jim Caldwell. He had Megatron at his disposal. Mm-hmm. But in November or later, uh, Matthew Stafford uh, is 10-40 and 40 straight up versus teams that are 500 or better. He's 13, 35, and two against the spread. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, six and three against the spread versus McVay. He's won their last three straight up. That includes a 31 to 10 win in week 10 at Levi's Stadium. Trey Lance probably starting in this game. I don't expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be back with the hurt thumb. He had 31 rushing yards, 249 passing yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Most of that production in the second half. Yes, it was against the Texans. But you saw the flashes of the upside of why he was a coveted third overall pick, why they sold the farm to get him. Uh, in the program, I think this the, the floor is lower probably with Trey Lance, given that he's a rookie and hasn't played much, but I think the ceiling is much higher. and The arm strength is there. The athleticism is there. Um, and I like the Niners. I will, I will take the Niners here at plus four. I will also take the Niners' money line at plus 170. Hope to cash that. And if the Cardinals win, I win my NFC West futures bet, which I need more than I need air to breathe. <laughs> Otherwise, we're taking a loan out to pay my bills next and then Monday. Not just paying the bills, just offsetting losses. But I'm taking the Niners here. Yeah. It's interesting because the Rams need to win too. Because if I the Rams know, win, I they know. win the division. I know. And that's why if Lancey, if Jimmy G was playing, I was going to say this is such a toss-up that I'd rather take the points, maybe even tease the Niners here. But... I don't know. I get it. Matthew Stafford scares the shit out of me. And basically, I went back to the November game, right? The Niners won that game 31 to 10. It was complete domination. They had more total yards, more than double the rush yards, more time of possession. Really, the only difference was that Stafford had way more pass attempts, but he didn't do anything with them, as we have seen. So no matter how many times he throws the ball, he's leading the NFL in interceptions and pick six. He has six picks in the last three games. I don't trust him at all. So, yes, I guess I would say. which There's is, a butt coming. But. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> no, no. I, I, the only reason is I don't trust Lance as much because I haven't seen enough from him. But the Niners defense is better than all three of the last teams. So, basically, he's thrown six picks in the last three games. And those weren't against any good defenses. So, it's not like he's been cra- playing crazy defenses and not playing well. The Niners defense is better than the Seahawks, Vikings, and Rams in terms of advanced stats, in terms of passing yards a game. So I don't expect him to have much more luck here unless there's some sort of epiphany. 
I'm I want to stay away from this, but I guess I would Pick take the winner. points if if I had to. <laughs> I'm kind of with you like you were on the last game. That's that's where I am. It's a hard one. It's a tough one to pick. So uh, not very confident tails there, but a couple it, tails nonetheless. Yeah, for segment purposes. I tail. We're three for three on tailing. What do you got? Yeah, what's your fourth? What's your last, I got, your last pick? It's not a homer pick. I went back and forth between if I wanted to take the Cardinals, if I wanted to take the Patriots, both laying, or both like laying six and a half. Now Patriots laying six at Miami. Total set at 40. I'm going to stay away from the total. I will go with the Patriots here. It's a late game. Same time as the Bills-Jets. The Patriots can win the AFC East with a win. And if Buffalo loses again, not likely. But also, we saw the Jets bring some competition to the Bucs. So you never know. And the Pats here definitely have something to play for. Miami doesn't. They're out. The Dolphins are 1-4 and four this season against playoff teams. They've lost those games by an average of almost 25 points per game. They have one of the worst run games in the league. They have among the most turnovers, and the Patriots' defense is forcing the fourth most, so I like that matchup. And here I am, because last week I came in hot on the Dolphins, gassing up Miami, gassing up Tua and his completion percentage and how the offense was rolling, doing what they wanted against the Saints. And then Tua threw for 47% completions, no touchdowns, and an interception against the Titans. Now facing a Patriots defense that is one of the best against the past, third pass, second overall DVOA. So I've shifted my mindset a little here. Maybe I got a little too excited again uh, about the Miami's win streak. The Patriots should have won the first game. It was a one-point game, first game of the season. They outplayed the Dolphins in pretty much every aspect. If you look at the box score, total yards, rushing, passing yards per play, first downs. It was really mistakes. It was costly fumbles that lost them that game. And we also have to remember, too, <laughs> that was Mac Jones' first game. So a rookie quarterback with a fresh, young roster, they didn't have an identity yet. They didn't know that they were going to be leaning on the run game. And you look at Ramondre Stevenson, for example. He had one carry for two yards in that game. Over the past seven games, he's averaged more than five yards a carry except for two. He's averaged over 17 carries the last three games. So this is a much different Patriots team than that first game. And Miami's run defense is mediocre, 20th in EPA against the run. So the Patriots should take advantage of that. Uh, you know, Mac Jones still has some push for uh, offensive rookie of the year motivation. So I'm on the Patriots here under a touchdown. So where I will tail you and bet with you, Chargers minus three, I'm not going to bet this game. I'm not going to touch it. But because you made fun of my dating history, I'm going to bail on you here. <laughs> And take the Dolphins plus six and a half. Yeah. It's just a big number. <laughs> and I mentioned how I love the Chiefs are playing on Saturday because they have no idea what the Titans are doing. The Bills might be up by 30 at halftime against uh, the Jets this weekend they, and clinch the division. But remember, they also lost to the Jags nine to six. People don't forget. People I don't People don't forget. forget. <laughs> um, and so you could see the Patriots pulling starters in the second half. It could be a late cover that, for the Dolphins. I will say I'm going to keep the live betting up. If they do pull the starters, I'll, I'll probably end up live betting the other side. But that's a good point. So I'm bailing on you here. I'm taking the Miami Dolphins plus six and a half. All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> uh, let's talk some milestones and bonuses. I know Tim mentioned this. Uh, everyone's biggest incentive right now, of course, is laying, uh, locking down playoff spots and seedings. But... I also want to max out the earnings. So let's talk about some of those. And Joe, you go first with 
who are you keeping your eye on for? Because this is really good for props. Remember, people, these guys, these these players are going for money, which means they're going to be more inclined. The quarterbacks know that in terms of receivers. So maybe look to some catches, some receiving yards. What do you got? Yeah, Stefan Diggs needs six catches to get to 100. If he does so, uh, he will bump up escalators in his contract for 2022 and 2023, totaling $1.55 million. That's no joke. Yeah. There is not a chance in hell he doesn't get there. So I'm guessing this number will be seven and a half. If it's six and a half, I mean, if it's six, you're putting your rent check on it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what the number ends up being. Uh, but there's no way Josh Allen doesn't get his boy $1.5 million. Like a lot of these are $100,000, oh. you know, 125, not nothing. But mm-hmm. this is legit money in his contract that will get boosted for the remainder uh, of these next two years. Um, he needs six. So he also needs um, 231 receiving yards for another one. Point five five million. You never think, know. You never know. Against the Jets. It is never the know. Jets, yeah. I don't think he gets there. But yeah. I'm taking all the overs on Stefan Diggs. Unless they're outrageous, I'm keeping track of those. Um, where are you going this weekend with incentives? Yeah, I'm with you there. We're keeping Diggs. an eye on it. That's what's keep, hard because the numbers aren't out yet. I know. We you don't know, have the, the numbers yet. But that's why this is good to keep these numbers in mind. I'm probably just going to go over regardless. Like, the ones I feel more confident about, a little bit more money, but why not sprinkle it? Uh, Gronkowski against the Panthers. He gets half a million for each of these. He needs seven more catches, 85 more yards, three more touchdowns. So I'd look to receptions, receiving yards. Those are a little more possible, um, and I think very possible. And why not? Less likely to get three touchdowns, but maybe sprinkle a little bit on two-plus touchdowns. You never know. And if you look at it too, Tom Brady isn't getting much help. 15 players on the IR. AB is gone. Uh, Mike Evans was limited at practice. So I think that Gronk will have mucho opportunities. And also Tom Brady is working on his own incentives. If he finishes in top five in passer rating, touchdown passes, passing yards, several more, but those are some of them. Uh, he His max out is 2.5 mil. So those, of course, help with my case. Uh, the little connection between him and Gronk. So I like it. I'm on Good stuff. keeping my eye on Gronk for this. Win bets, Vegas trip for big game weekend. That is the promo we have going on right now. Joey, to claim your reward for every build your own bet, parlay of $20 you. or more, which Joe and I have been giving out some, not all of them are hitting, but we're giving out some fun build your own parlays. So that's the beauty. You don't have sure. to win it. That's you just got to bet it. That's true. You can lose. You can win. You can push. Doesn't matter. Every time you put in a bet your own parlay, you enter in to win several prizes, including a trip to Shaq's Funhouse, a trip here to the beautiful, there he is, look at him, the beautiful win Las Vegas uh, for a big game weekend in February. So some awesome prizes, and you could also win some money. Like I said, lots of fun opportunities to put together same game parlay. So go check it out on the WinBet app or at winbet.com. Time for winning picks. Joe. I'm friendly, and I'm a giver. I'm going to let you go first. Four-leg teaser at plus 230. I'm going to include my best bets of the weekend. Also, uh, the love on the AFC South and the teams that need to win there. I am taking the Titans minus four. The Chiefs are going to win on Saturday. The mm-hmm. Titans have to win. I think they smoke the Jags. Or sorry, not the Jags. Uh, the Texans, they cover four. I like the Niners plus 10. I like them to win. I like them to cover four, so I don't I like them to cover 10. Uh, the Chiefs minus four, bring it down from 10 to four. Again, there's just no way that doesn't hit. And then Colts minus nine, 
uh, against the Jags needing to win to clinch a playoff spot. All four teams have something to play for. All four numbers are super reachable. I will probably also play a four-leg parlay with just all four teams covering outright. Um, but certainly the teaser at plus 230 for my winning pick. It's going to get me to 1-1. One one. I can feel it. No way this uh, Joe, loses. Hammerlock. Hammerlock, hammer, hammer, double play, hammer. VIP, double diamond, I'm triple sevens play the week. I'm this confidence that Joe has this week. It's really inspiring me. My New Year's resolution was more positive <laughs> self-talk. You did. Yeah, so I'm working on it. I've added one onto my New Year's resolution and that stopped too, too much exposure with the same team. So like I gave out my two best bets, but I don't want to tie them into my parlays or my teasers because Diversify then the I have portfolio. no action. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to pick three teams we haven't talked about yet. Uh, we t- touched them on a little bit with Tim, but I'm going to take the Cardinals, Cowboys, and Tampa in a three-team teaser at plus 140 on win bet. Cardinals need the win. Seahawks have nothing to play for. The Cardinals' inconsistency, which we've talked about a little bit, makes me nervous, but they're just outside of the top five and most defensive advanced stats. And your eyes can tell you that their offense has had a much better season than the Seahawks. Sorry, Joe. Cowboys laying one against the Eagles. Cowboys playing for positioning. They beat the Eagles back in September by 20. The Eagles have turned it on lately, I'll say, especially in the run game. Um, But... They're resting a lot of players. Miles Sanders is out. They're dealing with a COVID outbreak. That includes their two top running backs now and Howard and Scott. On top of facing a Cowboys defense that leads the league in defensive DVOA, the Eagles are in either way. But if they win, they have to face the Bucs. So if I were them, I wouldn't mind losing here. So it's almost like opposite of motivation for them there. And then Tampa laying two against the Panthers. This line has moved a ton, which Tim mentioned, cut in half from 16 down to eight. And that's mainly because they don't need to win this. They have a lot of players in IR. However, the Panthers are out. They have nothing to play for, and they don't have much of anything going for them except for a pretty solid pass defense. But Bucks players have incentives that I just mentioned, including Tom Brady and his passing yards and touchdown passes, which means points. So I'm not too worried there. So... There's a little three-team teaser for you, Joe. I love it. You love it? Let's Joey. win. Joey fan. Get out All right. Done with you. Done that with you for the weekend. That is it for episode 30. It was nice having you back in studio. It was <laughs> until you started being sassy, but for a moment it was nice. Yeah, but you know, you, you got to keep the energy up high. That's how I do it with my, my pokes and my teases. Poke the bear. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. y'all. That's episode 32. Enjoy week 18. First week 18 should be fun. We will see you guys on Monday.